From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. We are live for a fresh new podcast. It is Tuesday, February 20, 2024. Back at the uh, host mic is Mary Danielson. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We sure appreciate all of our listeners. Yes, welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, February the 20th. It's Tuesday. My guest today is Pastor Joe Bell from Calvary Chapel Lafayette, and we have a multi-topic program today. So we're going to get right into it. My scripture is a psalm this morning, and I love opening with the psalms because so many of them uh, just give such a wonderful, exalted view of God, and what a way to start the day talking about the glory of our great eternal God. And it's Psalm 97, 1 to 6, which says, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the multitude of isles be glad. Clouds and darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. A fire goes before him and burns up his enemies round about. His lightnings light the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the peoples see his glory. Wow. Would you pray with me this morning, Lord? (laughs) We long for the day when we behold your glory tangibly with power and majesty. We also long for the day when this old world dissolves and all the nations comprehend who you are, the Alpha and Omega, the Ancient of Days. Lord, help us to occupy for now with the business of the kingdom and minister to those who need you, who need comfort, to tell them that you're coming soon, to extend love and grace to all those that we meet. We lift up Pastor Joe, his fellowship, his labors for you for so many years. I pray for good health and protection for him and his family, for their upcoming conference, and all the many details that go into putting these things on. In Jesus' name, amen. As I said, Pastor Joe Bell, uh, pastor of Calvary Chapel in Lafayette, Indiana. And I'm so glad he has time for us today because I want to talk about their upcoming prophecy conference and also uh, a bunch of headlines and talk about ministry in these last days, how things have changed over the years. Welcome to Stand Up for the Truth, Pastor Joe. It's a blessing to be with you, Mary. Oh, praise the Lord. How, how are things in the great state of Indiana? Listen, uh, we have our challenges, but God is blessing uh, in the state of Indiana, and uh, I, I think people are becoming more aware of his existence and his love for them mm-hmm. and uh, the plan that he has for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long have you pastored uh, there? Let's see, I've been here for 42 years. Wow. Wow. A long time. Praise the Lord. That's fantastic. Um, just a, a little bit of a short testimony, because people may not know who you are. Were you raised in a, a, a Christian home, or did you have a, sort of a rocky road to conversion like a lot of us did? Well, it was kind of both. Uh, my my mother was a strong believer. My father mm-hmm. was not. Uh, at the time, he did become a, a, a follower of Christ. But my mother uh, prayed for me uh, when I wasn't interested in the things of God, mm-hmm. and uh, I became a Christian on the campus of Purdue University in 1968. Mm-hmm. I, w- I ran track. I was sitting in the head track 
coach's office at Purdue and just dealing with God, things God had been dealing with me. Mm-hmm. And I surrendered my life to Christ in his office. And uh, my world just absolutely changed then when I confessed my sins and received him as my Savior and Lord. Mm-hmm. And then I went to uh, uh, Arrowhead Springs, the National Headquarters of Campus Creed's Crusade for Christ, mm. you know, a, a year or so later, met my wife there. She wasn't my wife then, but I, I met Peg. She was from Oklahoma. And uh, so we wound up getting together a few years later, married in 1971. So we've been married for 52 two years. Wow. Uh, but anyway, after I finished my youth ministry, uh, I became a youth pastor uh went to uh, California. That's where I hooked up with Calvary Chapel. And uh, for this summer of 1982, and uh, so I I loved it out there. I could have stayed out there, but my burden was here in Indiana. And uh, Pastor Chuck just laid hands on us and said, go for it. And so we came back and planted the Calvary Chapel. And so we've been here every ever since. Wow! Praise the Lord. God is faithful, and you, you got uh, the kids and the, the grandkids, so you got a big family. Got four kids, twelve grandchildren, one great grandchild in uh, Sweden. Uh, some of my family, my daughters and her family, are in Norway. They're serving in a Calvary Chapel type ministry of youth studies and discipleship in Norway. And then one of my oldest granddaughters married a, a Swedish fellow, and she was leading uh, worship at a Calvary Chapel in Sweden. And so she has my little great-grandchild by the name of Linnea. She was named after a Swedish flower. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. The Lord is just so good, and we're just thankful that he's given you all these years to serve there in Indiana. I know there's been a lot of fruit and some of that fruit comes from that Midwest Bible Prophecy Conference that you have every year. I've been down there for a few of them over time. We'd get a van. We'd go down from Appleton. I have great memories of the worship and the teaching and, of course, the fantastic hospitality of your fellowship. How long have you been doing these conferences? It's It's been quite a while, hasn't it? Right. This will be our 15th, okay. 15th conference coming up. Okay. And, uh, of course, I kind of modeled some things after you guys because you, you started these prophecy conferences and marvelous job. We've had some of the very same speakers. Yeah. And uh, so uh, we've been blessed by the fruit of your conferences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who, are, who are the uh, speakers this year? And I know it's March 23rd, and it's, it's a yes. one day. Is that correct? It's that Saturday, March 23rd? Yes. Okay. Uh, all day, and, and then we'll have an evening session also. Well, we have Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who we mm. had a couple years ago, and uh, so, in fact, he called me a few days ago and said, uh, I I got my dates wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, oh, my goodness, so uh, we're still trying to get him in person, live and in person, but if not, we're going to have him live stream. Okay. He, he's got a dynamite talk on Daniel standing in the collapse. Mm. And then uh, Tom Hughes and I are going to interview him for, for another hour after that, hopefully in uh, um, the Saturday morning sessions. Okay. And then we have uh, Tom Hughes, who is uh, just recently left his senior pastor at church at a Calvary Chapel in Southern California to devote his full time to uh, the prophetic ministry. Mm. 
and I call him uh, uh, Mr. Prophecy on spiritual steroids because <laughs> he covers so much in such a, yeah. a great period of time. He has a lot of wonderful guests on as well. Yeah, he so he'll be with us. And then we have our kind of our bread and butter guy we have every year as as long as he's able to come. And that's uh, Dr. Tommy Ice. And you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Our in-resident theologian. <laughs> <laughs> the house, the house theologian. <laughs> yeah. Then we have, uh, we've had Jack Hibbs uh, live and in person here in the past. And we've had him live streamed in several times. He's going to do a, a video specifically for our conference and send that to us. So Jack, he's a busy man out in Southern California. So, uh, uh, it's very difficult to get him in person anymore, but yeah. anytime we can get him live stream or a video, we're, we're grateful to have him. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a great lineup. And uh, there's, is there a charge for the conference? No charge. Okay. Uh, we ask for a free will donation okay. that helps to cover the expenses, of course, of flying these speakers in and putting them up in hotels. But it's it's free. Yeah, well, I really encourage anyone who's in the general area or if you want to take a drive to, to attend this conference. It's so encouraging. There are two websites associated with uh, Calvary Chapel Lafayette. One is just the general website, cchapel.org. But then the the conference itself is cchapelbp. Does that uh, stand for Bible Prophecy? It does. Okay, great. Yes. Yeah, cchapelbp.org. And that is where you'll find information about the conference. Um, and do you live stream the, the sessions? Yes, do. yes, okay. it'll, be, it'll be live stream. All right, so even in, if... You... In fact, we've, we've got a couple of churches that would have loved to come, but they said it, the logistics is not possible, mm-hmm. so they're having a kind of a prophecy conference party that they're, <laughs> they're having at their church and uh, live streaming it in their church. Yeah, an event within an event, yeah. That sounds like fun, actually. Yeah, praise God for the technology today, yeah. right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's wonderful, and there's no reason for people not to take in all this great teaching and prophecy updates and also people can live stream your services at just cchapel.org so if people are looking to take in you, you do verse by verse teaching uh what book are you in on on sundays at this point i just finished first corinthians and we're ready to do the introduction to second corinthians this this week okay okay Sounds good. Again, uh, cchapel.org or cchapelbp.org. Now, as you were saying, Pastor Joe, at the beginning, we've both had our, our finger on the pulse of prophecy for a long time. I remember when barcodes uh, appeared on grocery products uh, back in the early 80s and people saying, oh, that's probably the mark of the beast. So everything has gotten scrutinized over the years. But honestly, there's so much we did not see coming. And I just want to ask you briefly, what what has surprised you most? I mean, we're still here as a church. we got stuff to do. But about the way the world has gone since you um, since you began in ministry, basically, as, as far as we are in prophecy, are you surprised at all the things that we're seeing? Uh, yes. Uh, well, yes and no, because we have the broad themes of outlines of Bible mm-hmm. prophecy in the Scripture, but the details unfolding. You know, when I became a believer, uh, the late great planet Earth was popular at the time, yeah. and uh, I read that and just was just tremendously mm-hmm. blessed by mm-hmm. uh, Hal Lindsey's writings. And then, uh, but I, I was thinking in terms of, we're looking at Bible prophecy, and it's kind of over there in the Middle East, it's over there in Europe, it's yeah. over there. And I, I didn't realize it would come home to roost right here in America, mm-hmm. and it's 
things are unfolding so rapidly. And uh, like, where is America or not in Bible prophecy? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, it's right here, right now. And so I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm a little surprised about that. Uh, I shouldn't have been, but we, we see the unfolding of prophecy and boy, America's caught up in this and mm-hmm. gee, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is the question. And I, I, I sure don't like seeing America just circle the drain at all, and I didn't expect that either. In fact, when I ask people what's the biggest surprise, they they say, you know, it, it, prophecy was at maybe 5,000 feet. Now it's at ground level, and a lot of it, uh, the destruction in this country, that's everyone's number one answer. So I agree with you completely. Yeah. It's just sad to see, especially our generation is thinking, oh, how did we get here? But... But God, you know, things are coming together. So, um, great, great, uh, insights from you. And, and I'd love to hear your story. Let's, let's, uh, look at some headlines for the day. And I want to start with, um, this particular one. Uh, this is just weird, but I think we need to cover it. And it's, it's Bill Gates's dark dream of blocking sunlight from the earth is about to be realized. And when I first heard this, I thought, yeah, right. Who can do that? And Bill Gates, you know, uh, some people call him a visionary. Some people call him the most dangerous man in the world. And there, you know, there's a lot in between those two things, but everyone has heard of him. But between his global vaccination programs, buying up farmland obsessively and his obsession with the environment, he thinks he's doing good for humanity, but others think he's just pure evil. I dotted all my notes down for today on a Microsoft machine, so there you go. But uh, be that as it may. Uh, and I just want to introduce this, uh, Pastor Joe, and then I want to ask you what you think about this. Um, this is by Leo Homan, and it starts out, Bill Gates, ever the demented snake oil salesman, so now we know how he feels, has long argued in favor of a bizarre plan to fight global warming by using experimental geoengineering to partially block the sun's rays from reaching Earth. Scientists plan to begin pumping chemicals into the sky over the next few weeks and months from several countries, including the U.S., Australia, and Israel. And this is a, this is a, a game, uh, promoted by Gates and George Soros. Uh, they want to, um, you know, darken the sun or at least, um, point it away from the Earth's surface. So they're going to put chalk and all kinds of chemicals, um, and it would lower the planet's temperature or, to reverse global warming. Are they shooting a little high there, Pastor Joe? Well, you know, I think they are, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it's probably not going to work very well. Uh, like everything else that they tried to do hasn't worked very well. It's some way it's, it's, it's backfired. And mm-hmm. I think that's because the church is still here and mm-hmm. Gates and Schwab and all those guys planning for the tribulation, actually. And so, hey, <laughs> it's not time for the tribulation because right. the bride of Christ is still here. So, uh, God's using us to run some interference and prayer and exposing the works of darkness Mm -hmm. like we're supposed to. So he can try, Mm -hmm. but uh, it's like, who appointed him the expert on everything? It's like, (laughs) he's supposed to be the expert on the jabs. He's supposed to be the expert on, you know, chemtrails and all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think this, I don't think this is going to work very well. He can try it. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had a friend text me yesterday, and she just lives north of the city, and she says, boy, these chemtrails are all over the place today. And you see them periodically, you know, in in the sky. And uh, this is just another effort to try to uh, do something that uh, God's more powerful Mm -hmm. than him. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think he's going to be successful. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll be successful in the tribulation, but he's yeah. not going to be successful now because there's too many believers 
uh, interfering with the globalist schemes and plans. Right, right, right. Agree with that. And the article goes on to say fruit trees and vegetables require sunlight. I mean, that shouldn't even have to state that, right? Because we learned that in second grade. But it has to produce food for the masses. So now here's sort of a, a, a different trickle-down effect when it comes to famines and that sort of thing. Um, it also says sunlight is the primary source of vitamin D, essential nutrient for human for humanity and immunity. And it says Gates, a known eugenicist who goes around giving talks about how we need to reduce the global population likely sees these dark possibilities as exciting side effects uh, of the sun blocking plan. Soros is excited about it. Um, he says the technology will help to prevent ice from melting in Greenland, which could doom human civilization. And here's my favorite line. How ironic that the very globalists uh, who are doing everything in their power to destroy human civilization claim to be worried about global warming, speeding up the process of destroying civilization. If oof, the hypocrisy um, just makes my head explode. I got to tell you that, Pastor Joe. That's right. And that sentence that you mentioned there, how ironic that yeah. the, the globalists are doing everything in their power to destroy human civilization. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, you know, it's like what they're planning is speeding it up. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at their goal of depopulating the planet to get it down around 500,000 at least that's what the Georgia Guidestone said yeah. before they were destroyed. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you look at the different strategies that they've been using. Um, you know the the, the jabs. Uh, right. Now it has been successful in eliminating a lot of, of people. Unfortunately, last mm-hmm. I heard, like seventy million wow. who have taken the jabs have wow. have died. And uh, wow. You know, the synthetic mRNA Mm -hmm. in the COVID-19 shots, Mm -hmm. according to uh, Peter McCullough, said that they're neither safe nor effective. Their their use, he says, has resulted in catastrophic injuries, uh, disabilities, and death. So uh, these shots are just useless, Mm -hmm. harmful. Mm -hmm. And now we see that they've, Put, they've been putting these mRNA vaccines in hogs for the last several years and didn't tell anybody about it. So mm. I love bacon, you know, so <laughs> we, we really need to pray over our meals before yeah. we before we eat them, because, you know, like Paul, if they pick up any deadly thing, it's not going to har- harm us. I, yeah. I believe that as we pray over our foods, God will bless the food to our body mm-hmm. and not. So all kinds of things, and more people are becoming aware of this, and praise God for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and the Kim trails, not contrails, as as we've just been talking about mm-hmm. geoengineering technologies. Really, it's 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 kind of a joke because it's not helping uh, yeah. thwart what they allege is global warming. Right. Uh, trying to reflect the the heat of the sun back towards space, it's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it does make you scratch your head. And when you're talking about mRNA, also, we don't even know the extent of the injuries in people. There are there are um, you know neurological problems. Uh, there's a sepsis is making the rounds among young people uh, that had that had it, and very strange things, a uh, multitude of things. And, and of course, there's no track back to what caused these things. We just see the headlines and think, oh, well, you know, 
in the back of our minds, we're thinking it, it could very well have been that. We just don't know for sure. And they want to put mRNA in foods. Like you said, um, they're trying to kill us with what we eat. Uh, it's a very perilous world. And these are some of the things that I sure didn't see coming. 2020 was just such a game changer in this entire world when everyone was looking at the same thing at once. Um, it's just, it's just been amazing. So also it says here, uh, marine cloud brightening is a research project. Uh, that wants to um, get into this uh, sun darkening thing. There's an Israeli startup company, Stardust Solutions. Uh, they want to disperse uh, tiny reflective particles at 60,000 feet. I don't know what that's supposed to do. And then one more, Massachusetts researchers at Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. They're preparing to pour 6,000 gallons of a liquid solution of sodium hydroxide, which, of course, is a component of lye, into the oceans... I'm not sure exactly what that's supposed to do, um, putting lye in the oceans. I, I kind of yeah. Where, where, where are the true environmentalists? What don't they have anything to say about putting poison in in, yeah. in the oceans? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! And we have to factor in here um, uh, birth pangs because uh, God is also ultimately in control of all of these things. And and when there's birth pangs, uh, if mankind is doing all this. We can't forget to give God the glory for what he is doing through weather and that sort of thing. So that's sort of a, an, an area that people don't talk about, but we are to expect uh, birth pangs in the weather, severe weather, a lot of you know earthquakes and all those other things. And at what point do we stop giving man the, the glory for it and, and give God the glory because he is judging the earth? So any, any further thoughts on this uh, crazy harebrained scheme by Bill Gates before we move on? <laughs> Yes, I think Psalm 2 comes into play here Ooh. where God sees all these kind of schemes and he just sits in the heavens and, and chuckles. There you go. Like he's laughing at, there you go. Yeah. At, at these things. But I would say again, uh, we see these things, uh, they're kind of tribulation staging events. Mm-hmm. It's not time for the tribulation yet because we're still here. So we have something to say about it as salt and light. Right. And, praying and seeking the Lord. Uh, yeah. y- you know, when it comes to uh, w- whether it's Biden administration or whether it's Bill Gates or Klaus Schwab, our first prayer is, Lord, bring them to repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may be beyond that, but nevertheless, we, we, we pray for repentance on them, on their part, that they would come to faith in Christ. But at the same time, we pray that, Lord, if they're not listening, just remove them uh, from their Spheres of influence mm-hmm. in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad you uh, re- reminded us all of that because uh, they're human beings uh, that Christ died for, and uh, they need Jesus. And sometimes we get so caught up in, like I said, the harebrained schemes and the weird stuff they're doing that we don't think about the spiritual angle. So thank you for reminding us all to pray for these people. You never know uh, who will get saved because of our prayers. So, um, well, one more, th- one, more one more thing I'd mm-hmm. like. To- mentioned about uh, Mr. Gates is that uh, I don't know what he's responsible and and I'm not saying that he is but there's something going on with you know the dozens and dozens of food processing plants that have mysteriously burned Mm -hmm. you've heard about that yes the chicken chicken and uh, beef farms that have mysteriously caught fire and uh, you know over in the adjoining state to us in Illinois I, I read that that uh, Mr. Gates is building the largest bug manufacturing plant in the world to manufacture and and uh, 
produce these uh, bugs for uh, humanity to gorge on. I doubt if he'll be eating them, but right. everybody else is supposed to eat them. Ugh. I'm thinking, what in the world? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and and fake meat. We call it Franken meat, and all these other things that we're supposed to just, you know, go, okay, sure, I'll have that. I- <laughs> Yeah, a bug, yeah. a bug manufacturer. You know, come come around the Midwest in the summer. You got more bugs than you know what to do with. I don't think we need to manufacture bugs, but that's just my two cents. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, very very interesting. Uh, let's move on to immigration here because there was a viral video just this last week of a sheriff in Butler County, Ohio, and he had attended the National Sheriff's Conference in Washington. His name is Richard Jones, and he was paying attention to what they were saying because he went back home, he held a press conference, and he announced uh, some changes coming to his community after hearing from the FBI director on terrorism threats. Um, what stands out to me, and I don't know what uh, caught your ear, but I'll let you uh, answer that shortly here, but he's providing actual leadership in his community, and what a rare commodity that is, but he said, uh, after going to the sheriff's conference, he said, we will have a terror event in the U.S., if, not if, but when. Uh, we are going to develop drone detection technology. We're going to train civilians on disaster and emergency response. We're going to arrest legals. We're going to stop the drug flow. And it really is um, refreshing to hear someone who has a plan. But I fear this is so far gone. The U.S. invasion is past that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the immigration crisis and how we got here? Because it's it's uh, terrorists, Chinese military aged young men, uh, Middle East terrorists. Uh, uh, the barn door is closed, Pastor Joe. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to ever um, change anything with this. What are your thoughts on immigration? Well, I, I agree with you, and, and unless the Lord intervenes somehow in some way, I, yeah. I, I it's. Uh, it's very difficult to see how we're going to get out of this. Yeah. But and and you've read that among the terrorists, first of all, the immigration. I think the vast majority of people coming here are are fleeing their oppressive mm-hmm. nations. They want freedom here, mm-hmm. but what they're discovering is that boy, they're not seeing the freedom that they had hoped for. And now some of them want to go back home, especially those from warmer climates that experienced the <laughs> Chicago winter. You know, mm, it's like they yeah. out of here. It's a mess. Uh, the O'Hare airport is filled with immigrants and I don't, wow. they're keeping them separate from, you know, the security areas, but boy, um, hmm. it's it, not good. And then among the immigrants, you have known terrorists. Uh, so many of them slipped through the, the cracks here. Right. And, and I read an article uh, about this by uh, in, in Gladstone Institute last week, where the Communist Chinese Party is at this moment putting in place an infrastructure in America to attack us from within. Mm. And there's thousands and thousands of military-age uh, Chinese men that have come through the border. Uh, and, th- you know, there's so many scenarios that they could uh, disable our power stations, attack military bases, start wildfires, uh, poison reservoirs, create terrorism a dozen different ways, and and we're just helpless, you know, almost defenseless in this because we're not geared for this. I'm so happy that this sheriff and many other sheriffs are waking up to the fact that they have responsibility to do what they can to to prepare uh, their forces and their people for 
uh, an imminent attack on our country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good for him. I like to see that leadership. And just overnight, you know, talking about being overwhelmed. I mean, I can't imagine what O'Hare is like in this situation. But just before we have one minute to the break here, Michigan asks residents to help house and settle migrants amid crisis at border. And I couldn't believe what I was reading here. Um, they're asking Michigan residents to step up and take in these strangers, sometimes large families, uh, whether or not they speak English, I don't know. But they are supposed to get the kids, their kids registered for school, help these people find jobs. And I'm thinking, you know, Midwesterners, we have so much already in life that we're doing, and they're asking the citizens of Michigan to house them and take care of them and, and help them, um, you know, assimilate into America. And at this just blows my mind. These people are coming from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, Venezuela. They, Like you said, they want asylum. Um, very, very interesting. They don't know what they're doing. New York is an absolute mess. I don't think anyone thought this through. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're talking to Pastor Joe Bell of Calvary Chapel Lafayette. And they have a prophecy conference coming up March 23rd. It's a Saturday. It is free of charge. And they have Erwin Lutzer, Tom Hughes, Tommy Ice, Jack Hibbs, on the, uh, on the screens starts at 9 a.m. on that date. They will also be live streaming. So I want to make sure everyone knows uh, cchapelbp.org is the site for the conference. So thank you for being with me today. We have another half of headlines to go with Pastor Joe Bell, and I hope you will stay with me. We'll be back in two minutes with a whole lot more. Stay tuned. Your prayers and ongoing financial support keep our Truth at Any Cost mission strong. StandUpForTheTruth.com Welcome back to Stand Up For The Truth for this Tuesday, February the 20th. We're speaking to Pastor Joe Bell of Calvary Chapel, Lafayette, Indiana, and the conference they're having March the 23rd. Uh, Another overnight headline, real briefly before we jump back in, Biden to go to U.N. Security Council to force temporary ceasefire on Israel and halt Rafa offensive. And I looked at that and I thought, yeah, good luck with that, boys. Nice try. They are a, a sovereign nation. And uh, they're not going to listen to this. But the fact that um, behind the scenes here, the fact that uh, Joe Biden has just completely turned his back on Israel, that is the takeaway from such a crazy um, scheme that he has. Um, any thoughts on that, Pastor Joe, that that uh, insane? Well, it is. Any time you're talking about Israel, it, it, it certainly picks up my uh, attention yeah. because we know. Israel's major player uh, in the last days, yeah. and uh, yeah. I like what Don Stewart says, and, and you've probably quoted him too. He said, "You know, Israel is God's time clock." Yes, and um, yes, uh, Israel is the hour hand, Jerusalem is the minute hand, and <laughs> the Temple Mount is the second hand, <laughs> and we see the whole clock in operation today. Mm. And so, when Biden talks about uh, Israel, uh, it's like uh, don't mess with Israel, Mr. Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. That is good advice. So we'll see how that comes out. But I, that's just an overnight uh, headline. I wanted to throw that out there. But we're going to go back a little bit to the climate change hysteria uh, and carbon footprints. More globalist oppression, which is really what this is. Um, they say that tourism is bad for the environment because uh, they want to begin to tell us where, when, for how long we can go. First, the Covidians were going to empty the friendly skies, and they succeeded for a time, and at least you got to wear a mask. Then it was the jab threat to fly or not to fly. And now 
we have what they say is, quote, a severe problem that requires drastic measures, which will probably curtail our flying to and fro. And this, this article, uh, out of London talks about, uh, carbon passports. So we're going to have health passports, carbon passports because of the negative impact on tourism, on the environment. What about the economy? No one cares about that. But this says here the idea, um, of carbon passports centers on each traveler being assigned a yearly carbon allowance that they cannot exceed. And then these allowances can ration their travel, and it says this concept may seem extreme. Well, it is extreme. Um, the idea of personal carbon allowances isn't really necessarily new, um, but it's not just going to be for traveling. It's going to be for in your home as well. On the home front, what you can and cannot do, how much, how much electricity you can use, your smart meter, um, shutting you down if you use too much carbon. Now, Pastor Joe, we all know that's another absurdity because carbon we need to like grow stuff that we can eat. But they can't just tell you where to go and when and, and for how long, but they have to reach into the walls of your house and tell you what to eat. So is, do you think this carbon uh, passport stuff's going to happen? They say it is. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it'll be fully realized and developed in, in the tribulation, but okay. we see the stage set for mm-hmm. that right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, like everybody's getting these smart meters and they think, oh, we're going to save money and stuff like that. But they don't realize that how under control they really are yeah. because they can they can control your thermostat uh, from from the outside. Mm-hmm. They came through and wanted to put a smart meter in, in my house. And I said, no, thank you. Well, you got to have this. I said, no, I don't want a smart meter. So uh, they said, OK, well, we have to send someone out to to. Uh, you know, measure your your usage, mm-hmm. and uh, so I said, uh, uh, "Fine." I, so I'm I'm paying seventeen dollars a month more just to have them come out and and, and take a, a a measurement on you know the old the old meter. But uh, eventually, I'm, I'll have to get a smart meter because everybody's going to have to go that direction. Yeah. But uh, it's it's all about control. Yeah. Uh, we see it headed in this direction. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to implement all that without a digital type economy, and we know that's yeah. we're headed in that direction. Yeah. And uh, and they're staging the the fifteen minute cities in different parts of the the country and or the world, and and even in America. I read the other day where there's a community in Arizona that's, yeah. uh, but they're doing the same thing just. 25 minutes south of here in Lebanon, Indiana. Oh, the New American, the New American magazine had a great article on Lebanon, Indiana, just south of us. They're preparing for a 15 minute city. And I, I have to go there to the airport to pick up. In fact, I have to go to the airport tomorrow to pick up my wife. She's coming back from Oklahoma. And, uh, you, you can see the huge construction areas wow. that they've, they're preparing yeah. right here. Wow. And it's supposed to be, like an Indiana economic development program? Well, it's not. It's it's a Klaus Schwab global reset program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's marketed as this is a, it, good for Indiana. It's not good for Indiana. It's going to be terrible for Indiana. Yeah, yeah. 
it would be fascinating to watch one of those go up. I got to tell you, I would be drawn to that. Um, you know, get some pictures and see what they're doing. And I'm glad you mentioned this because uh, America's first, this one headline for today, America's first 15-minute city has been created in Tempe, Arizona. Um, yep. And the question is, uh, do residents know what's in store for them? This is just uh, two days ago. A Tempe, Arizona neighborhood has been called cul-de-sac, boy, how charming, and is America's first example of a 15-minute city, a vision of the WEF and the globalist cult who are pitching the concept as being more environmentally friendly, of course. Instead of seeing this development as a dystopian nightmare, cul-de-sac residents appear to be thrilled at their new way of life. Do they have any idea what's in store for them? And it talks about, um, of course, it's all about data harvesting technology and recording and monitoring the most intimate personal details of every individual that's in this city. So if people think this is about picket fences and and a howdy neighbor stuff, it's not. Because it says here the globalist goal is to collect data of every individual, and this is what they will know, what they eat and drink, where they go, what they buy, who they meet, what they think and feel, their opinions and habits, their health and vaccination status. In other words, every single detail. And uh, Noah Yuval Harari says they will know you better than you know yourself. Um, I, I, you know, when you think about, they're going to make you walk. It's going to be where you are within walking distance of everything you need in life. So they have to build hospitals and and everything imaginable. The infrastructure must be incredible and incredibly expensive. So, Pastor Joe, I want to ask you: Do you think? Do you think with what is involved in doing this that it's actually going to make its way to every state in the union? I, I'm envisioning this massive project that I I don't see as possible. What do you think about the scope of this? What What are you looking at? Well, I see in the broad perspective here. Yeah, they're going to they're going to set up these these cities, but they're not going to be fully implemented until the tribulation, oh, because okay. that's when the Antichrist was going to yep. come in and and just uh, make make things happen, make things work. But you talk about the global uh, footprint; it's built in right there. I mean, you, mm. you, you violate that just hardly at all. Yeah. They're going to fine you. They're going to deduct mm-hmm. them from your bank account or uh, penalize you somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's all, again, about control. Uh, we're headed towards this digital world global system, and it's, it's you can see the trajectory from here to Revelation chapter 13. You really can. It's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. And, it, you know, studying technology for the last hundred years, it took a hundred and probably, let's see, 1890, it took a 135 years to build this particular infrastructure that will make its way to being the mark of the beast. I mean, I got my first computer in 1993. I had no idea where this was going to to lead, but it's it's what they call a turnkey world government. You know, as soon as the church is gone, somebody's going to flip a switch and there you'll be. It's just it's stunning in scope. One thing they talk about in these uh smart cities, you're going to have smart lights Smart light poles, smart cars, smart neighborhoods, smart homes, smart appliances, smart energy, smart transportation, and then something called uh, all these devices worldwide, which are already connected on the Internet, called the Internet of Things. But now they're going to integrate it with the human body, uh, the Internet of Bodies, uh, so you will be on the Internet. They will know exactly what's going on with you at all times. It is phenomenally invasive, to say the least. But think about this, Pastor Joe, where the Bible talks about Everyone will have to worship the beast, and they will know if you are worshiping the beast. To me, that yes. is this. What do you think about that? Well, I, I, I think we always wondered how the yeah. mark of the beast would be implemented 
and now we see the, the trajectory, the process. We mm-hmm. see the mechanics of this being formed right now before our very eyes. I was listening to, um, and I don't listen to him often, but I, I listen to him once in a while, and that's uh, Alex Jones. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was coming home from the airport, so I had time. So I was listening to him. He had uh, Elon, uh, not Elon, he had uh, David Ikes on the program with him. And I, I don't know where either one of these guys are with the Lord. Uh, Alex claims to be a Christian, but I know he's very anti-pre-trib. Yeah. So, but uh, they, they were they were kind of debating because uh, they're debating uh, Elon Musk's his neural link and his computer chips and what he has planned for the human body. And uh, David Ikes says, uh, "Yeah, he's uh, he, he's a he's he's a good cop." Uh, uh, Klaus Schwab and Noah Harari and these other guys, they're the bad cops, but they're all after the same end Mm -hmm. objective. Mm -hmm. And so they had a little debate on that. Very interesting. And while they were talking, Elon Musk called into the program. And and basically he said, I'm a good guy. (laughs) Of course he would say that. (laughs) But when he got to talking, he wants to to go far beyond Neuralink and put different chips in for different purposes, different problems that can be solved. And uh, when, when I got through listening to this, I, I'm thinking, you know, people are going to be so used to implants and chips and so yeah. forth in their bodies. By the time the mark of the beast comes, it's, it's not going to be any, any problem to add a, another chip or a etching or a t- tattoo type thing to, right. to your body because they're all used to it. Right. And when they say, well, you need you need to do this in order to provide for your family and eat and live. Uh, people are just going to go for it. Yeah. They don't know the Lord, of course. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. So you see, we see this Bible prophecy unfolding before our very eyes, and that's what's exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, this is what we've been waiting for for, for a very, very long time. Um, and I think if you and I had had this conversation 10 years ago, this would have been considered sci-fi or, or people would have been saying, no, no, that's not going to happen. Even five years ago, I'm thinking if you and I had had this conversation and how much our conferences have changed over the years with the information given out by the speakers. Um, again, I, I am incredulous at some of these things that we're seeing, but you and I, we know how it ends. And so, uh, and that's our goal here today is to, to have people have this in, in the forefront. Talk to your kids about it. Talk about it as a family that these things are coming. So don't be surprised by these things. So <clears throat> very, very interesting. And I, I want to talk about digital IDs here because Australia is the first country in the world to have both feet in the Great Reset, as far as I can see, um, having a digital ID that they want to have for every citizen by July 1st. And that's pretty quick. I think it's been moved up. The EU uh, signed a mandate last year. But they're behind. They're saying uh, at least another 10 years before every citizen in the EU has a digital ID. I don't think it's going to take that long, but um, uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's going to be unleashed around the world no matter what. Um, I, I think that, uh, like I said, Australia is the first one now. Um, but they're, we're going to have this, and it's going to go beyond that, I think, Pastor Joe, because now we're talking, at once that's implemented, we're talking central bank digital currencies, and I think there's your cashless society. This is where that... Uh, starts uh, coming around. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, they're they're trying to fast forward things, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know how s- 
soon. Australia is going to implement that. I knew they have their objectives. I don't think they they're going to meet their time time frames. No, but you know, part of this goes back to the global scheme of, of plans, and uh, not to get too political here, but you know, back in 1960-16, they had uh, Hillary Clinton lined up to implement this pretty pretty quick. And uh, she she was supposed to be the president, but for somehow, mm-hmm. <laughs> guess who got the presidency? Yeah, they didn't and see he, that coming. He, yeah, he threw a monkey wrench into their time frames and their schemes, mm-hmm. and that's why they've been working overtime to uh, totally dismantle and disable Donald Trump. And no one has been persecuted. No president has been persecuted like him. And who knows mm-hmm. who's going to win the next election? I, I'm. I, I had no idea. Yeah. That's that's in God's scheme of things. Right. But because they they were set back, they tried to step up their plans so fast that I, they're overshooting the runway in, in many respects mm. and uh, fumbling and falling all over themselves and even having some disagreements with, among themselves. And I think that's part of God's plans, too, because it's not his will that that happened yet all of these things again are tribulation stuff so Mm -hmm. uh, we're praying we're seeking the lord uh loving jesus loving people sharing the gospel as as long as we can because the hour is going to come when he's going to say time's up let's go (laughs) we're out of here and and then a lot of these things will happen but between now and then i I think their time frame's off i don't think they're going to be successful in everything they're they're trying to do yeah pockets of it yes but um praise god for the church yeah we're still here right and they tell us what they're doing this is what's so interesting so that we can share these things with people um and and i I wish every church would at least make an attempt to let people know what's going on i think that's uh few and far between are the churches that are equipping people to understand a lot of these things and like you said it is in the tribulation but you never know. You never know when an unbeliever might be listening and going, gee, I never, I never heard that. I never thought of that. I need to look into that. So even if it's just a handful of people in these times that are hearing this, uh, praise the Lord. And, uh, I love your insights on that. Um, technology. I, I think is, it's important yeah. to, to, for the believers to lovingly resist all this kind of stuff, uh, is, mm-hmm. and, and tell the truth in, in love. We may be marginalized and, persecuted so what so is jesus so but we we have to resist now because uh uh it it may be the difference between hell or heaven for some people yeah Yeah. that that is the truth um i want to mention a gentleman i've never heard of this guy before and i just heard of him yesterday i'm just going to throw this out there just to give people the an idea of the depth of transformation that has to be uh, undergone in all of our businesses in order to meet a lot of these goals, digitization and carbon neutral. This gentleman, his name is Mark Carney, and he was uh, formerly the Bank of England governor. Right now, he is, this gives you an idea of the depth of transformation we're looking at. He's the financial prep guy for the Great Reset. Mark Carney is at the center of reorganizing world finance to back the UN 2030 Green Agenda behind WEF Davos's Great Reset, where he is a member of the Board of Trustees. He's also advisor to the UN Security, uh, UN Secretary General as UN Special Envoy for Climate Action. But here's what he has to do. To achieve net zero, we need a whole company 
transition. Every company, every bank, every insurer and investor will have to adjust their business models, develop credible plans for the transition, and implement them. For financial firms, this means reviewing more than the emissions generated by them. They must measure and report the emissions generated by the companies they invest in. Um, they have to have a standardized approach to measuring emissions. If you invest in a company that at, uh, with oil and coal, um, you probably have to divest from those companies. So here's a gentleman. I think people should remember his name, Mark Carney. He is the head of making sure that every corporation is in line with this. No small job. I don't know what he gets paid, but it's kind of fascinating. And that's just to give the listeners an idea of the depth of transformation that's going to be going on. So like you were saying, Pastor Joe, there's, I think some of this is down the road a ways because that's a pretty big job. But nevertheless, it will happen, like you said, uh, during the tribulation. And I still think we're awfully close. Um, we've been talking about a preacher rapture for a very long time. So any thoughts on, on Mr. Mark Carney? Have you heard of him before? Uh, I, I didn't get the, his, his name, but put a name with the, his, his objectives, but I've heard of someone in that kind of a position. So yeah. that's, that's the, that's the man. Yeah. Yes. He's the man. Wow. What a job. I didn't know such a job title existed and I'm sure he makes a lot of money to do what he does. Uh, so yeah, we, my, my, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, uh, we meet for prayer every uh, Sunday evening, and uh, we we pray for Israel. We pray for, for uh, the United States. We pray for the leaders of our country uh, for salvation, and mm-hmm. if they don't listen, that they'd be removed. But we call them tactical prayers, mm-hmm. and, and some of these prayers are we just lifted them right out of the the scripture, and, and we pray them. You know, it's like, if they're good enough for David, they're good enough for us, right? Mm-hmm. So, so for example, like Psalm 3310, and we pray these, Lord, frustrate the plans of the heathen, keep them from carrying out their schemes. Uh, New American Standard says, nullify their counsel. And rise up, O God, defend your cause, remember the insults that fools bring against you all day long. So, Lord, do this, uh, yeah. apply this, I mean. I mean, the, the media, a bunch of fools putting out just deception and lies all the time. Um, Psalm 140, verse 8, Do not grant the wicked their desires, Lord. Do not let their plans succeed. And and so we, we just, so many psalms like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Psalm 146, 9, Turn the plans of the wicked upside down. Mm-hmm. So this individual who's trying to do things uh, to establish a, a, a global scheme that is contrary to what God wants right now, you know, we're praying against this yeah. and uh, asking the Lord to intervene here And while we have time, because we know at any moment we could be out of here, and then our mission is finished. Yeah, yeah. I think of Psalm 73 as well. I think it's 73 where, where David's lamenting the wickedness uh, all around, and he said, and then I went to the house of the Lord and I understood their end. So we are the ones with the hope and to understand, um, you know, based on God's perspective. So, yes, many great psalms like that. So we just have a few minutes left, uh, Pastor Joe, and I know we're in a political year and it's going to just sweep over America like a tidal wave, taking all of us with it. It'll, it'll probably be just a very maddening cycle of time and season of time. And, and, uh, we know, like you said, the, the agenda, the globalist agenda, they are not interested in putting the brakes on. They want their feet on the accelerator 24 hours a day. Um, and so it, just for families out there that are listening, for, say your own congregation, um, this political year, 
what would you suggest that people do to just survive it? What's what's a good perspective to have um, as we continue to see darkness fall on this country? What would you say to people? Well, I think it's important to understand that our hope is in Christ, not in the political arena. Yeah. Uh, the political arena has come right into the church, of course, in telling us who we should marry and it's okay mm. to terminate your pregnancies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, and we have to stand on the scripture uh, as gracefully and lovingly as possible, but resist those who are trying to mm-hmm. get us to become woke, which unfortunately mm-hmm. a lot of churches have become. Mm-hmm. They don't address these issues. But at the same time, look up uh, Luke 21 28 says, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads because your redemption draweth near. The completion of our salvation is is at hand. So God has not called us to look down, uh, but to look up because the best is yet to come for the believer, both now and um, for all eternity. Mm -hmm. It's a win-win for the Christian because if we have to go through persecution, wonderful, we mm-hmm. get to identify with Christ and mm-hmm. our other Christian brothers who have su- suffered. Mm-hmm. But if if he gives us a victory uh, temporarily, uh, we're praying for a spiritual mm-hmm. awakening. Mm-hmm. The trend is apostasy, but who knows? Maybe the Lord will give us a a, a window of of revival and awakening. And yeah. praise God. Right, and I know that your heart is to be able to continue in the pulpit as long as you can, and we want to continue behind the microphone here as long as we can. We don't know Amen. when that could change, and so we're trying to occupy and make the most of the time uh, until that time comes when we cannot work anymore. So um, thank you so much, Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe Bell, Calvary Chapel Lafayette. Um, again, March 23rd, Midwest Bible Prophecy Conference with some great speakers. There's no charge, love offering basis. Uh, it's a Saturday. Doors open at 8 o'clock. If you get to Calvary Chapel Lafayette, I really encourage you to go. What a great bunch of believers there. A lot of great fellowship, great teaching, great encouragement. So thank you, Pastor Joe, for being with me today. Thank you. It's a joy. God bless. All right, so um, we have uh, other guests coming up this week. Crash, who do we have on Wednesday? Um, we have a replay on It Wednesday. is a repeat, and uh, I will check Okay. even as we talk here. Okay, sounds good. And then I, I, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot That's there. That's all right. Uh, I'll put you on the spot here one day. Uh, let's see here. Uh, you can go to standupforthetruth.com and click on Upcoming, and there's a little schedule there. Uh, today we'll have Joe Bell on. Yes, indeed. Uh, Kevin Minsky is a replay okay. on uh, right. uh, artificial intelligence. Okay. Then on Thursday, Ooh. I see you have Jim Farrington. Yes, yes. And Friday, Chris Lawson, um, a spiritual research uh, project. Uh, and he's just uh, a great apologist. I'm really looking forward to having Chris on. He and I have collaborated, corroborated, collaborated on a couple of Work things. Work together. Work together. Thank you. Work together on a couple of things, and I am looking forward to talking to him for the first time on Friday. He has quite a few booklets with uh, Lighthouse Trails Research. We did a book, that sort of thing. So You're um, going to be leaving for a little while. Yes, I'll be on vacation. Um, I'd like to say someplace warm, but it's going to be in the upper 50s next week here, so it's just a completely strange so we'll have some guest hosts. Mm-hmm. Scott Sher is going to visit with mm-hmm. Curtis Bowers next week. Great. And Coach Dave been on uh, Stand Up for the Truth before. So okay. uh, we'll miss you. But uh, Stand Up for the Truth will carry on. And I will miss being here. I loved. I love doing the podcast. Uh, time to take a little bit of break and, and uh, 
regroup a little bit and get refreshed, go someplace warm, and then be back um, with both feet on the ground and ready to stand up for the truth. So, um, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Go forth and serve the King. God bless. Have a great day.